Welcome in on this Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. On the show today, we're going to recap Falcons in Washington. Tough loss for the Falcons. We'll break down the call. And please, football gods, don't let this happen to my guy. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate everybody being a part of our community as we have cruised past 5,000 followers. So we continue to grow and want you to be a part of it. Leave us a comment as well. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. Check us out there. Of course, you can find us on, believe it or not, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available there. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Well, look, um, it was a tough loss yesterday for the Falcons, right? I mean, I'll give them a lot of credit because I, I going into this game, we talked about this last week, that I really did think that this was a very – tough matchup for the Falcons. I thought that this was a game, Washington playing really well. You know, they play really good defense. They've got an outstanding defensive line. I really thought there were a lot of things about this game that just did not set up favorably. And I thought it would be low scoring. I kind of thought that, you know, I said on the on the pregame radio show that I do that I thought the first to 21 wins this game. Well, it was pretty close. First to 19 found a way to win. Now, we're going to break out the call at the end of the game completely separate for all of that, okay? So let's get into some thoughts about the game yesterday, okay? The good. Still ran the football very effectively. Algier had 54 yards. Patterson had 40, uh, 52 yards, excuse me. Mariota had 49 yards. Huntley with a dozen yards. So 167 yards on the ground. So that's a good total. And they ran it for almost six yards an attempt. So... Look, I thought Arthur Smith really schemed well in the running game, getting guys outside, being able to, you know, bring some of his offensive linemen and and pull and just get some guys going outside versus let's run it right up the middle against Jonathan Allen and Payne and those guys and just feel pain from all of those guys. So I thought they did a really good job with how they schemed and designed the run game. Thought the offensive line played really well too. Look, I'll give Drew Dahlman credit. The metrics are not out just yet from pro football focus, but I'm going to be curious to see what the guys graded. A little bit of issues at the end of that game as, as the defensive line for Washington really kind of got it cranked up and they got that sack, you know, painted that sack on Mariota and that's kind of on McGarry. I mean, Dahlman got banged up a little bit, you know, late in that game. By, that, by and large, Dahlman and those interior offensive linemen and, and give Colby Gossett credit, thought they played pretty well. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I was a bit surprised at how well the offensive line held up. When you think about Mariota only took the one sack in the game, and that came late, I thought that was pretty good. I, I'll have to give the offensive line credit. Now, as far as Mariota goes, again, it is it is what it is. I mean, nothing bad about his performance, nothing outstanding. You know, the big play, obviously, to Zacchaeus, who I thought had a nice game, it was a broken play. So give Mariota credit for keeping the play alive, finding Zacchaeus. It's a broken play. 
He gets a 45-yard gain, and now we're moving down and all that good kind of stuff, right? So I thought he was fine. I mean, typical kind of game. But let's remember, okay? Let's look at the pass attempts. Oh, 25, okay? What do we say here? And even, even my buddy Aaron Freeman likes to, you know, have fun with this, but it continues to hold true. When Mariota has 20 or less pass attempts, they are 4-1. and one. The only game that they lost was the Bengals. And it wouldn't have mattered if he threw it five or 50 times in that game. They were never going to win against the Bengals up there, okay? So four and one when it's 20 or less, and now when it's 21 or more, it's one and six. The one win, the overtime win at Mercedes-Benz against Carolina, where they probably should have lost that game, but they were fortunate enough that the Carolina Panthers are even are, are, are a worse team than anything the Falcons trot out there, and they dumb their way into a loss. So that number, look, folks, you can like this or not like it. I promise you, I watch it every single week and micromanage the daylights out of it, okay? But I thought he played well. You know, normally when they win, they run for 167 or more yards in a game. I think they've only had one game that was last uh, last week against the Bears, that's the first time they won with less than 167 rushing yards in a game. So they were right there. So it's not coincidence that eh, a little bit above pass attempts, right in line with the run game, that they were there. Now, we're going to talk about this separately here in just a little bit, the pass rush. And look, Arnold Ebicady, unfortunately, dealing with that forearm injury, did not get to play a whole lot. But their pass rush is severely lacking. You know, I, I thought it was good. Michael Walker got an interception right before half. You created a turnover. thought that was important. But this pass rush, week to week to week, look, their pass rush is if we play a quarterback who takes sacks in general, they'll succeed. If we play a quarterback who their line plays well, he's held up, then we're not going to get sacks. And, and we couldn't do enough. I mean, look. It's not like Washington was great yesterday in the passing game. 14 of 23 for 138 yards. So because the Falcons weren't able to get Heineke into some obvious passing situations, because, look, here's the thing about the run defense, right? Let's call it it was religious. Why do I use that term? Because it was very holy. Um, they did not do a very good job in, in stopping the, the commander's run game. 176 yards, almost five yards an attempt. They ran it 37 times. Brian Robinson Jr., you know, God bless his soul, coming back. But 18 carries, 105 yards. The good thing is the Falcons kept them out of the end zone as far as running the football goes. So they weren't great against the run, but they kind of made up for it with the pass, right? I mean, like I said, this is the NFL life, okay? The NFL life is every week four to six plays that decide a game. And we're going to talk here in just a couple of minutes about the play, the call, right? That that basically sealed the fate for the Falcons. But it comes down to four or six plays. That call at the end of the game, the, the running into the kicker penalty, right? Those are the kinds of plays that did you win? Did you lose those? If you win more, you win games. If you lose those plays, you lose the game. So I thought it was a good effort. There's a lot of positives to take away from this performance. I thought it was going to be a tough game to start with. I thought they were going to have trouble doing a lot on offense, but they were in that game the whole way. Now we get ready for Steelers, and look, 
This is a must-win game. Steelers are a bad football team. You're playing at home. You're going to have to find a way to get that done. We'll talk about this later on in the week. I want to talk about my friends over, though, at Bet Online. Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So, look, we got World Cup, right? We got World Cup. We got USA coming up here. They're going to play Iran. You know, the last time USA and Iran hooked up, Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik went at it, 1984, right? So you got all kinds of things at your disposal right now. You want to get in on the action. BetOnline.net is the place to go. So take your mobile device. Super easy. Take the mobile device. Pop in BetOnline.net. When you get there, check out all of the information they have available. You want scores. You want stats. You want fantasy news. You want podcast information. Everything is available at your fingertips. And then when you've got all that, get in on the action. You want NBA. You want NFL. College football championship week is coming up. How do you feel about Georgia this week? They're almost a three-touchdown favorite over LSU. Is it just going to be kind of let's sleepwalk through? We know we're in the playoff, or is Georgia, you know, ready to go full tilt boogie and just knock the daylights out of LSU? How you feeling? Right? NFL football is coming down the stretch. NBA basketball, World Cup, everything is available to you at betonline.net. So head to betonline.net today. Check out all of the news and information that they have to make you a smarter sports better, and then get in on the action. Find what sports you like. Everything's available to you. BetOnline.net is where the action starts. Okay, let's talk about the call, right? The, the play that obviously changed up the game. The second down from the four-yard line, the Mariota pass, the Arthur Smith call. Okay, let me say it like this. I did not agree with passing. I know people are going to say, well, he was open. Well, every play in the NFL is called to be open. Hello? That's why the guys call it. Like, no coach has ever called a play thinking that it's going to get shut down for a 10-yard loss. Every play is supposed to be open. If you call a play where a guy's on a nine route and you're going to throw it 70 yards downfield to him, you expect him to be open. That's why you called the play. So that's not an excuse. You know, a, a good play call with a bad result doesn't make it a good play call. Do I think the Falcons should run the football? Absolutely. Let me tell you why. Okay. Several things about this. Number one is the fact that on that final drive, the Falcons were averaging over four and a half yards a carry. They were averaging almost six yards a carry for the game. Yes, I understand things get clammed up and jammed up and banged up and all this kind of stuff, right? And we had seen Mariota take a loss, you know, on the play before. And they were using their timeouts and everything like that. I get all of that. But what do the Falcons do best? What is their best offensive philosophy? It is to run the football. And run the football, frankly, on the right-hand side of your line of scrimmage. That's your best option. There's nothing that the Falcons do better offensively than run the football on the right-hand side of their line where McGarry and Lindstrom stand. So when you don't do that, for a guy who keeps preaching to us about, you know, winning football, and do, okay, winning football is running behind Lindstrom and McGarry. That's winning football. That's where the Falcons are at their best offensively, right? So that that's one. Number two. How many guys are talking around the league, coaches, GMs, analysts, NFL Network, CBS, Fox? How much conversation have you heard over the last few years anybody saying this? 
Well, you know, Marcus Mariota, he's one of those clutch quarterbacks that makes plays in games late and helps you to win games. How often do we hear that in the NFL? I'll answer for you. None. Buck is zip. Not a zero. Of course we don't. So putting the ball in his hands and asking a guy to make a play that hasn't done this for his whole career. Does Why did he get the name Matty Ice? Why did we give Matt Ryan that name? Because he brings teams back from the dead, brings them from behind, and won football games. Does anybody call him Marcus Ice? Has anybody ever called him Mauro Ice-to? Anybody call him those? Of course not. So you're asking a guy who doesn't thrive in these situations to go make a play. Well, Deron Playman, yeah, because again, who would, let me ask you this, okay? If you make that call with Brady or Rodgers or Breeze or Ryan and Mariota or Zach Wilson or one of the vagabonds of the NFL, who you trust in? You know, it's it's a whole different thing to trust the quarterback to make that play. And I'm not completely blaming him for the play or whatever. It's just when you ask a guy who doesn't have DNA to do this, to go out there and make these kinds of plays, and you don't do what you're best at, you lose. This reminds me of Mark Wohlers in the 1996 World Series. Remember when he gives up the home run to Jim Layritz, and we looked at it and said, yeah, it sucks that Layritz hit the home run, but when you find out and realize that he gave up the home run on his fourth best pitch, it magnified it, and it's like, wait a second. Wolvers is thrown in the high 90s or 100 miles an hour. Why are you not rearing back and firing on James or uh, uh, Jim Layritz? <clears throat> Why are you throwing some tomato can up there at him? Right? That was what was so frustrating. As much as the home run frustrated us in 96, it was the pitch that he threw to Leyritz. Like, why are you throwing your third or fourth best pitch? Rare back and fire in that situation. Go out with your best pitch. And it haunted Wallers, right? Haunted him for the rest of his career. If you're going to get beat, get beat with your best, right? The Falcons didn't get beat with their best yesterday. Their best is, even if it means getting stuffed behind the line of scrimmage three times on the right-hand side. That is still your best pitch. Your best pitch is not ask my mediocre quarterback to drop back and read and make a play and all that. That's not where it is, even if he was open. How many times have we seen guys running down the field wide open that he can't make a play on? That's the thing. You're not doing what you do best. And when you get away from that, because I saw a lot of people that said that, well, if they just scored a touchdown, you know, everything went fine. No, if they score a touchdown, they win the game. But that's not how they do best. What what was gonna what was more likely? Let's put it like this. What was more likely to happen when Mariota drops back and you're asking him to make a pass play down deep there? Are the chances that Everything is going to go great and it's going to be successful, or is it going to be, oh, crap, going to be the SHTF, oh, crap moment? Of course, it's going to be down here because the guy doesn't have a track record of doing that. So they should have ran the football. It should have been as easy 
and is running the football, even if it's a couple of times, you bang it up in there and you chip away at it. You've got Huntley, you've got Algier, you've got Patterson. One of the other things about the game is I didn't think they gave Patterson the ball nearly enough. 11, 11 carries and three receptions, that wasn't nearly enough. He's your best offensive player. He should have been in the 20s for his touches. But I did not like the call. I did not like getting away from the run. I don't like anything that isn't what the Falcons do best. And what the Falcons do best is they run the football and especially running it on the right-hand side. That's where they do best is run behind McGarry, run behind Lindstrom, run behind those guys and chip away at it. By the way, they were at the four-yard line. It's not like it was first and goal from the 11. They were at the four. Even with Mariota's two-yard loss on the play before, they were at the four. You still had three downs to try to make four yards. If you can't, then you pat the Redskins on the back and say, okay, you were better than us. But the idea of trying to get cute down there when you're averaging on that drive, by the way, over four and a half yards per rush, that's what made it so frustrating is you were having success. It's not like they had been bogging down the run game. And I understand when you're down near the goal line, okay, you're not you're not shedding any new and interesting light about the idea of things get tighter. You still do what you do best. You still don't go and do something that you don't do very well. And that's what ended up happening yesterday. So I disagree with Arthur Smith on the call. I disagree with the idea of getting away from what our best option is down deep there. It's frustrating, but it is what it is. It, and, and as frustrating as it was, you can't double down and run into the punter, right? And that's why I say four to six plays that dictate a game. How many of those four to six plays did you win? How many did you lose? Yesterday, the Falcons lost more of those plays than they won. And the scoreboard ends up reflecting all of that. I want to remind you to make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Of course, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day after you've made Locked On, uh, or sorry, Hitting Hard with John Chuckman on Locked On Sports Atlanta. After you've made that your first listen, get over to Locked On Sports today. Check out all of the news and information up to date. They are free and available on Odyssey, YouTube, all of your favorite podcast platforms. Check them out today. So I mentioned earlier in the show about Arnold Evicati who only played in 9% of the snaps yesterday. And, you know, he had been dealing with a wrist injury all week long that really limited him in practice. He was questionable going into the game. He did end up suiting up and dressing up. And I thought he actually did a really good job of getting after the quarterback. And then the wrist gave him trouble and he got taken out of the game. I'm, this, this is me saying a prayer to the football gods. Please let Ebba Katie be healthy moving forward. Please can we get him on track? First off, I said this weeks ago, okay? He should be starting. I don't care if he's a rookie. I don't care what Dean Pease tells me. He should start. Deji has no business starting in the NFL. I don't care if he's better against the run. I don't care what you think he's better at. There's no world in which Ogundeji should be starting. He has the one sack on the year. Do you know that Ogundeji does not have a single solitary quarterback hit 
that is registered besides his one sack. So that's one more sack than Stephen Means and two less quarterback hits than Stephen Means had. That's where we're, that's the territory that we're drifting in. And it was another no sack game yesterday. And Heineke's a guy who navigates the pocket and get around, but he's not a tuck it under your arm guy like Mariota or Lamar or Justin Fields and just take off down the field. That's where it gets for us. And this pass rush is starting to get away from this team. Again, Fields, you got four sacks on. Okay, but he's a high-volume sack guy. With the way he plays in their offensive line, he takes a lot of sacks. You're supposed If, if you don't sack him two or three times, then you're really in up up crap creek without a paddle. If you don't sack Joe Burrow two or three times, you're up crap creek without a paddle, right? You're supposed to sack those guys. But what do we always say? You know, sacking the quarterback changes down in distance. And when you let them run the football as effective as they are, when you can't get to the quarterback, you know, again, I don't think the Falcons played a bad game. It's just that they couldn't do enough things. And, and I know Dean Pease is going to say, well, we held them to 19 points. I understand. But nobody thought that this was going to be a 35-28 game. You know, the, the over-under was 37 in the game. What does that tell you? Right, an NFL game in 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 the year of our Lord 2022, a modern day NFL game with all the rules for offense and everything like that, had an over under of 37. What does that tell you? Nobody looked at this and said, "Oh, well, this is going to be a shootout or whatever like that." And it lived up to its billing. Right? They ended up scoring 32 total points. They still hit the under. So I, again, we can talk about. I, it's not like the Falcons played really bad, but. There are certain things that when when your offense is bogged down that you have to be able to do. In the NFL, you have to be able to sack the quarterback. If 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 you told me there's only one thing a defense can do, okay? You know, if if you said, "Here's a list of things that defenses do." Okay? They stop the run, they're really good against the pass, they don't give up yards after start get there. Give me sacks first and turnover second. I give me give me those two things because turnovers are not one of those things that's easy to create, right? You know how you create turnovers: strip sack, fumble, knock the quarterback around, you know, put fear in his mind, and he's got to throw it faster than he wants to, right? That's where turnovers come from. Turnovers come from because you've been hitting the quarterback, sacking the quarterback, and creating those kinds of plays. But turnovers are not a, you know, we run a defense that is designed to create a turnover. That comes from what you do, and it all starts with the quarterback position. So if I can pick anything, give me a team that sacks the quarterback. And right now, Ebicady is the best guy at getting to the quarterback. Put that beautiful spin move on yesterday. I mean, you see it, and he's getting better. Are all of the results there? No, they're all the results aren't there right now. But that's why you got to increase his snap percentage. That's why he has to have a higher percentage of snaps. And yesterday, I understand, he was injured and hurt. And that's why I'm I'm praying to the football gods, please don't let my best, best pass rusher be out for any length of time. Because Ogundeji can't get to the quarterback. Lorenzo Carter is sporadic at best 
at getting to the quarterback. We don't have a just natural pass rusher to go get the quarterback other than what Ebikati can do. And I think he's had a nice first year. And I understand we're going to hear on Thursday, Dean Pease is going to tell me about why he can't play more snaps, why Ogundeji is starting. And I understand that. And I understand Dean Pease has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. I also know one thing, too, and this comes from my buddy Randy Mack, is that football is easy. Coaches make it hard. Always remember. And, and you could take that for the offensive side with not running the football or not playing Arnold Ebicady. Yeah, he's probably going to go out there and he's going to make some goofball plays. But he can make a play or two on defense that changes up the complexion of the game. I'm not telling you he's Lawrence Taylor. You know, I'm not telling you he's, you know, Derek Thomas in his prime. But I want to see more of him. I want to sack. I want his percentage go up. And I want to see him start. Let me see him line up at the very start of a game. Put him out there. You know what? He can't handle the run. You know who else couldn't handle the run? Talk to Hugh Douglas, who just got inducted in the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. He will tell you he avoided everything possible about the run. He jokes about the the in-the-huddle talks with Jeremiah Trotter. And Trotter's like, look, man, just get a body out there and just do anything to help me. He's like, man, I'm not playing the run. I'm paid to sack the quarterback. This is a guy who's in the Eagles Hall of Fame now. The Philadelphia, you know, the Eagles, what's the Eagles been around for like a, a couple of years? Two or three? Oh, no, 100 years? Oh, okay. And he just got in their Hall of Fame. Why? Because he sacked the quarterback. I'm not saying you don't want to play. My point is, if you have a guy who can get to the quarterback on a team that can't do it, this team is barely trending above what it was last year. For, and I've said this before. Look, if we go from 18 to 22 sacks, I'm not calling that a success. You know, if you're not at least 29, 30 and above, that's not successful. That's not we grew. You know, I mean, you should dumb your way into four additional sacks. I mean, if you don't have Stephen Means playing, you should dumb your way into all of this. So I'm praying to the football gods, please don't let Evacady miss any time and please let him start. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck where your first listen every day. Don't forget, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day free and available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We remind you, head over to YouTube.com and hit the subscribe button for Locked On Sports Atlanta. We've now hit our 5,000 folks. Let's get to 6,000. Let's keep this thing cranked up and churning. Leave us a review Free and available also to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there. Roku and Amazon Fire, you can check us out on all of those platforms. Make sure you find us. And then, of course, give me a follow because it looks like Twitter is here to stay, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.